It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Liza Minnelli. that Muppet show. It's the Muppets. Muppets Cabana. How does, oh, they do that in this episode. They yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sure so it's time to watch the Muppets, Meg. It is. And guess what? We watched the Liza Minnelli episode airing in the UK on December 28th, 1979. And in the US on November 15th, 1979. So we were, we're going back in time. because We are traveling episode a little. Was and that makes sense that we are because like the, like that whole thing where like we were supposed to watch the Phyllis George episode, but then we didn't. We were supposed to watch like whatever. All of this sorting now. It seems like we've hit just a funky curve. Yeah, and and you know what? It's I wonder if something happened with that. Like, remember in the the first season, like mm-hmm. the one episode aired in the U.S. first, and then yeah. a different episode aired in the U.K. first. So they're all over the place. These Muppets. And yeah, it's, it's okay. We forgive them. I forgive you, Disney Plus. I forgive you, Muppet Studios. But I, Megan, I this episode, right? Like, what do you know about Liza Minnelli? What do I know about Liza Minnelli? To tell you the truth, I don't really know much. I'm glad that we're starting this way. Do you know who her mother is? I know her mother is Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Judy Garland, yeah. Whose name escaped me the second you quizzed me just now. And I did watch the uh, the um, oh my god. I literally blanked on her name, even though I just said it. Judy Garland. Judy, Judy Garland. Uh-huh. Um, e- um, episode biopic. Oh yeah, I didn't know. I what is guess it called? There is one, you know. I've it never was seen in that. the theater. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. God, I can't remember for the life of me what it was called, but whatever. So, oh, you know what? I'm so fucking stupid. What I know from Liza Minnelli is she is like an incredible, incredible guest actor on Arrested Development. She's in so many episodes of Arrested Development. I think that's what I know from. Yeah. I just know her from Arrested Development. I love that. I know she's in like movies like Arthur, which yeah. we've talked about. And um Did you know that there was a sequel to Arthur though? No. Called Arthur 2 on the Rocks? No, I did not I, know that. <laughs> just oh god. I'm probably I never seen the original or the remake or any Look, of them. I get Herbie sequels, uh-huh. but like that's Arthur, a movie about an alcoholic, sequel? right? Who has to like clean himself up or whatever. So a well, sequel to that like is a, spoiled a weird brat bummer. Alcoholic, yeah, and uh, he he marries beneath him. Uh huh. Okay. Kinda. But yeah, I I'm like trying to think of other things that I know Liza Minnelli from. I know she's still alive, and that's a big thing that everyone celebrates. That like when things end or whatever, people are saying, like, "Oh, Twitter." Liza Minnelli outlived Twitter, you know, like because basically it's in its death throes right yeah. now. But anytime something, um, something you know, passes, she's alive. Um, she definitely is not performing anymore, though. No, I saw most recently she had helped Lady Gaga give yeah, out an award that. somewhere, which was the Emmys or the Oscars. I don't remember where, but it, it, the way they brought her out was kind of weird, and I don't think that she was properly mic'd. Maybe also. Mm-hmm. And it made her look a little bit more infirm than she may actually be. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Okay, so there was a show. I don't know if it's still on, but there's a show on, I think, Showtime called Halston 
about okay. the designer Halston and Ewan McGregor plays him. And oh, I, okay. <clears throat> which is cool. And there's a Liza Minnelli character. Uh-huh. And she was like involved and like oh weird all this stuff. Yeah, they were like besties. Yeah, yeah. So someone just... is playing Liza Minnelli, or yeah. someone's playing like yeah, somebody plays Liza Minnelli. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And it's not like someone's playing Elizabeth. Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting. Minestrone, <clears throat> but or I got, whatever. I got. Of course, I get bored of of uh, shows, but like the first and couple episodes I watched, and I like. I can it. tell you probably why you got bored of that show. It's a fucking Ryan Murphy show. Oh, of course. Then. I feel like any time I watch one of his things, I'm like done by the third one or whatever exactly. like it's, it's just like strong yeah you like it uh-huh. he did glee right yes yeah that whole first part of uh-huh. the season yeah the one that just yeah. came out yeah great terrific. i don't know what A it is about story. his stuff and then like go to the second and then it's like the the second half of season one came out and you're like all right this isn't the same it's thing it's not the same thing yeah. like okay and then the second season comes out and you're like no uh-huh no. yeah and like i tried watching nip tuck and like I've tried watching American Horror Stories, I and I just they he don't get me. He hates women. He hates women. I yeah. can't watch his. I can't. I really can't watch. <laughs> he stuff. doesn't hate one woman. Yeah, <laughs> Sarah, Paulson. Yeah, Sarah Paulson. <laughs> Her name was Sarah Paulson. That's probably another movie you haven't seen. No Fight Club. Why would you want to see that I've, movie? Don't I, watch no. that. And it's not Robert seen... Paulson. I'm improvising here, and that's Meatloaf actually, who dies in that movie. His name is uh, Bitch Tips Bob or something oh, like that. Jesus horrible Christ. name. Horrible name. Great, 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 great. Okay, Remember so we that watched... period of time <laughs> when movies like that came out? No. And people would be like, oh, you haven't seen American History X? Oh, my God. Oh, you haven't seen Boondock Saints? This is someone's First personality. Someone's personality in those Saints three movies. pretty good, though. And you know who they like to hang out with? People who like The Big Lebowski. Those four movies. That's it. I like The Big Lebowski. I like Boondock Saints. American History X... Besides the fact that it has Edward Furlong Mm -hmm. and Edward Edward Norton, Norton. who I love them both, that movie, oh my God, it made like, that movie was supposed to be, I guess, like anti-Nazi, but I know Uh when I was in high school, it made- It was exclusively enjoyed by white supremacists in high school. so enjoyed by that. Yeah, it's very weird. loved it. Yeah. But like seeing somebody curbed in the beginning of the movie. I can't even think about that. Just it's cringy. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. No, no, I don't I don't want to ever see that. Megan, movie let's again. talk about Liza Minnelli. Oh yeah. Happy things. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Cold open. Scooter calls for guest star Liza Minnelli. Soon after she responds, he is gasping and choking. He falls over onto her table, apparently dead. <laughs> Scooter! That was a great rehearsal. You think so? Yeah, let's do the show. Oh. <laughs> uh, this. She's like, let's start the show. Every beat mm-hmm. that she is with has with Scooter, she is so good at it. Yeah. It reminded me of how good Gilda was with the Muppets. Like yes. she, the Muppets are fully real. She's an amazing scene partner for Scooter, uh, who otherwise is bringing nothing to the table. <laughs> no, but it was it, honestly it was like Scooter's best role, and I think it's because Liza elevated him. Yeah, great. Like you said. Great scene partner. Yeah. There's been so much talk lately. Uh, have you watched any of these, the the Knives Out movie or the movie Glass Onion, the sequel? No, but I did want to see Glass Onion. I haven't seen Knives Out. I haven't seen Knives Out either, and I want to I want to watch them both, but I was trying to find it, and it's not streaming anywhere. Whatever. But people are saying that the third one of that series, if they do another one, they should do a Muppet one. And um, basically Ryan Johnson, who's, who does these movies, he was like, oh, yeah, no, I absolutely would love to do that. And I'm like, this is the perfect episode. This episode is is the the 
like the proof that there is. It's, it's the there. audition. Yeah. Yes. It's it's like the proof this, of concept. Yeah, proof. Yes. It's proof right of here. Concept right here. Kermit the Frog announces that they will be doing a very different show tonight. He calls for Scooter to finish the introduction so that he can go backstage to get ready for his part. Scooter enters, still rehearsing his death scene. Scooter! <laughs> Would you stop rehearsing? It's time to start the play. Oh, yeah, sorry, Chief. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, the Muppet players hereby present an evening of intrigue and mystery. Let the murders begin. I am a little upset that they put a hole in the jacket. It's a very cool jacket. I that want they that jacket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they Do hold... you think? I like to think that there are people who have listened to every episode that we've done, <laughs> even the bad ones in season one and two, and they're like, when we say "I want that jacket," like they take a drink really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that jacket is cool, though. I want that and jacket. It's cool turtleneck, and it's cool hair, but he's not cool. Mm-mm. No, he's a total dweeb. A Wednesday evening in July, Private Detective Kermit is just returning to his office after completing. The Missing Pollywog Case. He receives a surprising visitor, the actress Liza O'Shaughnessy. She's about to open a show at the Roxy, but explains the dread and terror associated with the show. Earlier, she had received a note telling her to close down the show, or everyone dies. The note was found pinned to her dresser with a knife. Her dresser's name was Gladys. That's where Gladys went. We better not have killed Gladys off, uh, you know, behind this... Liza. This episode. Off screen. Ugh. Terrible. Terrible. She's so good. First of all, I can't believe they do this, like, new arc. I am already fully wrapped by this. We broke our format. Kermit's like... Yeah. Kermit's a little much for me in this, but he... His comments... In his little reporter costume from the Muppet ship from Sesame Street. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, my God. But it's, it's really good, and... They really sell this episode. I absolutely think so. I really, really loved that they totally just broke it. And that Kermit even says, like, he's like, Scooter, I need you to intro the show. Because I got to go get my costume on and we're doing something totally different. I love it. So Kermit is hanging around backstage at the theater trying to be inconspicuous. A difficult task for a frog in a trench coat. Fritz, the show's director, is calling everyone together to rehearse Lisa's opening number. They he's call in... him Fritz because he's like has that German accent. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> he is informed that she is unavailable, and she, he calls on her understudy. The understudy is Miss Piggy, and she is not happy She's about pissed. That. Nor is she the right type or species. Liza does finally show up, and the rehearsal can go on as planned. Fritz says, "Now remember, this is your big moment. Here, I want you to spark." <laughs> Oh, the moment God. of magic, the raw, unbridled passion. You know what I want? And then Liza says, Smile and show my legs. <laughs> Without missing a beat, like she's so good at yes, it. Yes, she is performing with the Muppets. The Muppets are no other actor that she's ever been with. You know, she's, she really was great in she this episode. She gives face, like she gives everything. She, her whole body's into it. Like she doesn't even feel like she's with the Muppets. She might as well be Sherry Lewis with Lamb Chop. Uh-huh. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. She's so good. Super supernatural. It's crazy. It really is. The next bit, Megan, is like... She does this little eye movement in this bit where she goes like that. She goes legs down to there and like uh-huh. she does it like with her eyes and I'm just like, yeah, you're so good. I can't believe how, how much I enjoyed this. Like, this is her in 79. I only know her from 2003 on Arrested <laughs> Development. You know what I mean? Like, 
So it's so wild to see all of these performances she does. In this next bit, she sings Copacabana, joined by a mutation and a troll for the dance portion. The mutation meaning that big-ass Muppet, and he's a part of the mutations, right? The two fight for Liza's affection, eventually leading to the mutation's murder. So when I was watching this, I think I've seen this episode as a kid. I remember this performance of Copacabana really well. Like, really well. Because I think this is when I realized, like, as a kid, this song is a story. And the story is that these two were in love with each other. And, like, I literally knew the story. As a child, I was like, they worked together at the bar. But, you know, like, when do you think you really realized as a kid, like, the meaning behind lyrics or that the lyric lyrics were telling a story or I whatever. I don't know, but I remember when I was a kid, we under the bridge song, I knew that it was about drugs. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I remember telling my dad. Whatever. I don't ever want to Oh, I'm doing the wrong Red Heart Chili Peppers song. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know what song I just sang. I sang um, another Red Hood Shooter No, but song. it's on the same album. Is it? But, yeah. Th- yeah, I feel like this is one of those songs where it was the first time that I really understood the concept of, like, what the story was that they were telling. <laughs> yeah, me too, when I watched you know? this episode the but, other day. Was that really the first I time? I was that you like, were, oh! And even like, him. and then the punches through, and yeah. the two, they're literally Nico, throwing there punches. there was a gunshot! Yeah, but oh. who shot who? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I only know about Lola at the Copacabana, you know yeah. what I mean? I feel like I would be remiss to mention, to you know, if uh, I didn't mention, do you know, growing up where we did, uh, right nearby in Keyport, there is a, um, a diner called, I don't even know what the diner's called. Oh my God, what was the diner called? My family called it the Copa. Get we called it the Copacabana. Oh my god, no. For it's, some reason. Um, it's the Cornucopia. The Cornucopia! It's not there anymore! I'm so glad you knew what I was no, talking about. Because uh, my family loved the Cornucopia, and my mom and my dad would go there for the turkey soup, which oh they served god, on the Sunday. Fucking... Oh, they have turkey soup Why on Sunday. Why did Sundays. my parents... We're my, going. My parents knew the menu by day two. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, well, if we go on Thursday, we couldn't get pork yeah, chops exactly. or whatever. And it's like, what? It's a diner. I'm still, I'm getting a fucking no, grilled cheese. No, or... but the food, it's the best. And, yeah. They were swore by it. I think my dad, we had a, we had a dinner for my dad's 50th birthday. Like there was a bigger party, uh-huh. but I couldn't make it uh-huh. or something like that. Maybe it was for. Well, like the intimate one was we're going to go to the Copa. Maybe it was for my graduation. Like I can't remember, but I remember it was like an event and like we all just went there. And like, okay. So now we're totally like, just oh, derailing the best onto food. this. But Megan, <laughs> on top of going to the Cornucopia, did your family also have to share the lore of like the guy who owns it? He owns the houses next door, and that's where the staff live. They all live there. He lets them live right near the property, blah blah blah, and he helps pay for this and that and the other thing. I didn't Whatever. Know. There's all of this like inner workings because it's like, oh, it's sad that they're closed because he did so much, and yeah. they have that oh, boat. See. But they have that fucking boat that goes out of Perth Amboy now. Oh, the Cornucopia Princess. princess. They yeah. don't need the diner. No. The Cornucopia Princess has been a wa- there for a while. Yeah. I didn't realize those were the same people yeah. that I was curious uh-huh. so At does that Copa. just go down like the arthur kill straight like in between <laughs> like staten island and new jersey i have no idea and the raritan and the beautiful my... raritan <laughs> okay but yeah so i'm really upset to find out that your family didn't call it the copa also no, i don't know they why should've. they called it that. but you knew about the turkey soup so yeah like, i did the Megan. days of the week 
We could just go to the cornucopia and get I some turkey soup. I can't believe. But to know, like, when they're going to have that soup. And it was, like, <laughs> close enough to where I lived anyway, because yeah. I lived a little closer to it, that my parents would be like, we're just going to go. Oh, like. You'll be go okay for You guys will be minutes. fine for yeah. 45 minutes while we're gone. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> we'll pick up a Happy Meal on the way home. <laughs> we'll bring you home some of the soup. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, so now backstage, Liza seeks the approval of Zoot. Zoot tells her that she was fan skadiddly bop tastic. Oh this is a really weird skadiddly bop tastic, and that she is too good to be a person, and that she's too good to be a person. She should be. She should have been a, a sax. saxophone. I thought he was going to say Muppet, but he said sax, and I get it. He's zoot. He plays the sax, and then I get why he said sax. Because he wants to put his mouth on her. Because <laughs> she needed to make the joke if. Um, she was his sax symbol. Oh, yeah. She's a sax And it fell flat with him. He said, whatever. And then he walks away. Oh, no. He just goes, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, really? Like, oh, it fell flat. Poor thing. (laughs) Shortly after, Fritz calls for a third take. He is shot. A mysterious figure fires from behind the plant. Gonzo, see now this Look at that gunshot. Look at this hand. Gonzo encourages his fellow performers to continue with the show. Well, it's not a green Muppet. No, it's basically it's a white a, a Muppet. pinky white yeah. hand, right? <laughs> could be a pig, could be a person. Fritz was a man of the theater. He died trying to make grease paint and tinsel into magic. This show could be his final tribute. Fritz would have wanted it this way. I, um, what do you call it? I love when Fritz, like, throws himself in the air on the floor when his big pig <laughs> now. He's like, ah! And, like, falls down. So I shared with you the other day that I had gotten this book called The Muppets in Moscow. Yes. I haven't made much of a dent in it yet, but have you been reading it as well, right? I'm wait yeah, I'm I I'm listening to it actually. Mm-hmm. Um I have it on pause right now uh, because I'd like for us to like more if you're going to read it, I'm yeah. going to just and take your time. I have just so that, you know, we can kind of like Litsa unpack Sizam it together, right? Is the uh, Russian? Oh, I've tried to say it and I can't. Well, get I it. listen to it, so yeah. I'm cheating. Yeah, Ulitsa Sazam. Yeah. So we're reading Muppets in Moscow: The Unexpected Crazy True Story of Making Sesame Street in Russia by Natasha Lance Rogo, and it's from. Um, story takes place in like 1993, right? Yeah. And it's insane. Yep. Already, like just this, like. How things have been unfolding for her seem really crazy. Oh, yeah. Are you on, like, what chapter are you on? I really, I'm just scratching the surface. I think she's just um, landed in Russia. For the first time. Okay. Yes, for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where I had basically let off. She was, she's still in the early process of, she's talked with, you know, some of the folks involved with Sesame Street in the U.S. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, I'm where, Gary Nell. I will talk to a bunch. And, yes. Know, it's really, really interesting. It's so interesting. She's she, the first chapter to me was like a little bit slow. But then mm-hmm. after that, the writing, in my opinion, gets better. Gets, I'm really happy with the presentation of it, yeah, too. She lays it's it out. It's almost like a very like a prose written diary. Yeah. She, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. It's cool. It's like, it's so when cool. I entered this room that, you know, the way everybody, you know, it's she very did a really good job at like re- recounting. Yes. You know, I couldn't what tell her you life was. I know. In I could, that kind of depth last week. Exactly. And I'm it's like, stunning. you know, I've had like significant projects I've worked on. I've had significant things happen to me in my life mm-hmm. and I would never. Yeah. Be able to tell you that kind of detail. No. At all. 
like down to like some of the 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 things people were wearing when she entered rooms exactly. and stuff. You're just like, holy shit! She has a really good memory. Yeah, for so, thirty years, you maybe, know, worth maybe of she, maybe she has a really high IQ and some like photographic memory or Mary Lou Henner disease. What's that? Mary Lou Henner from Taxi. She can remember any day. Oh, she remember she has full photographic memory for any day. Oh, you can literally be like, oh, I was born on. And then say whatever day, and then she could tell you what else happened in the world that day, what she did that day, and everything. It's crazy. You need to look this up. It's That's a very, very cool, really very fun. oddly impressive. I thing. first of all, I love Taxi. Yeah, love it. Yeah, so, it always bothered me as a kid. In yeah, the theme song for that, like, it. I don't know. The, the whole thing looked dirty, but it also looked like boring. Mesh. And then yeah. I would end up watching it and I'd be like, "This is funny," <laughs> but it is like dirty and like ruddy. Uh huh. No, go ahead. Because I was just going to say where I am in the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. So tell, where I am in that. the book is where um, Natasha finally gets like, I mean, she hobbles together with this guy that she's working with. I can't remember his name mm-hmm. um, in Russia. And she brings them to the U.S. for like training with the U.S. Muppet oh, team. Oh, my God. This is the kind of shit that I'm waiting to and get to And they just the get to New York. And, uh-huh. and like there's some, so then I, I'm like, it's getting really good. So I'm just going to pause it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I love the way it opens up with basically saying like, hi, as Russians, we have our own version of puppetry and everything that we hold as a standard. And we have no interest mm-hmm. in your your forms. Yeah, you're exactly we have no interest. So you're gonna it, tell us how to do puppetry. It's, so it's not just that they're trying to tell, trying to do puppetry. They're also trying to do educational children's puppetry. Oh, yeah. So it's like they literally are trying to do two things that these people have and, no interest in. At but the also time. give them a full production that would really appeal. To their children instead mm-hmm. of doing something. Um, I think there's another option where it's like open sesame yeah. where it's like. Where they would just kind of like translate. Or yeah, they would translate bits existing and bits and then maybe there'd be like one or two new things. Yeah. But this was, it would be like mostly. Yeah, they're like a whole mm-hmm. newish thing with like, I imagine a lot of those like animated things translated like, you know. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, this is like a wild ride. I'm very excited to read it's it. It's good. It's very interesting. Uh, she's very bright. She's a good writer. Um, yeah. Her life it, it, so far is pretty interesting and in how she's managed to sort of juggle everything. Mm-hmm. And So, yeah. And she's one of the... And it's interesting, too. I mean, there's a couple of women that she's working with in the book, but, mm-hmm. like, it's mostly all, like, men and businessmen in, yeah. Ru- in Russia that she's working with. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of this, like, I don't know... There, she doesn't accept it, but there's a lot of this like, oh, look at this little woman. Like, there's a lot of this like projection of like, oh, this woman. Look You're gonna at this come little here. Thing. Oh, she's and gonna come yeah. here. And she's gonna make this little kid show. Great, whatever. Exactly. You know, like, oh, be careful. TV's not like it used to. Oh, Things advertising. Advertising. You like they keep yeah. giving her warning, and it's well, like spoiler alert. Uh-huh. It is dangerous. Yeah. And um, she's very brave, and actually, some shit happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. For spoilers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So now we're back to the show. Let's go back to the show. Back to the show. And this part's great. And you have Gonzo with the trumpet. Gonzo proceeds to lead them all in a performance of Great Day with Gonzo playing the role of Gabriel. They all watch as Fritz is raised up to heaven. This is so Do you know that Gabriel as an angel is referenced a lot? And it's referenced in different culture, especially like different European culture for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. When I was in Budapest, um, there was, I don't know, some town square. And like... 
oh, these beautiful statues all around me, and like the angel Gabriel sits high, and it's mm-hmm. just like that angel in particular, for whatever reason, yeah. is like super like symbolic and meaningful in yeah. various ways or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know too much about the angel Gabriel, but there are other angels, so I yeah. just think it's interesting. Yeah, that, like, that we angel, just keep going back to yeah. the same angel. Well, no, but it's a cool name, Gabriel. So this was a song from the musical Great Day by Billy Rose and Edward Eliskow. I don't know how to... LSU? LSU, maybe? From 1929. Do you mean Jenny LSU? LSQ. Jenny LSQ. Jenny LSQ. I canceled my Sirius subscription. Me too, a while ago. It was expensive, and like I feel like I've gotten... so many other things now, too. I feel like I've gotten as much out of it as I was going to get out of it, and I'll renew it in like the summer or Mm -hmm. something. I feel the same way. Like, even, like, I love the new wave station and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. it's like... It ends up being, like, the same thing. And I'm like, I have all these songs on my iPod. And the new wave station is like, they're not adding any new music to it. No. Right? Like. <laughs> and, like, they don't play the mix that I want them to. No. No. On the Saturday Night Safety Dance? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, yeah, the Saturday Night Safety Dance. So the police have assigned Patrol Bear to the case. He decides to ask the cast a few subtle questions. Which one of you killed the director? Yeah, he's very <laughs> funny. He's very straight with it. And you know what? He's earnest and he's an honest bear and Mm -hmm. i i like this about fozzy it's like there's like an innocence to him kermit asks scooter if he knows who the murderer is and he does scooter is about to reveal the name when he's stabbed in the back with a knife scooter falls over dead i would have guessed it was him you don't feel like scooter would kill one of these people to get ahead in in life i do yeah yeah i do i do feel like this are you following at all the idaho murder speaking of murders oh my god no what is this Oh, my God. You don't know of this? No. Oh, my God. So, in November, uh-huh. four people were murdered in their off-campus housing okay. outside a, at a university in Idaho, mm-hmm. in Moscow, Idaho. And um, it was, like, a brutal, intimate, like, in knifing. Moscow, Idaho. Yeah, knifing murder. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's very mysterious. People, you know, like, don't know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, we think there's... There's this one survivor or like mm-hmm. two sur- whatever two yeah. survivors and like the one saw him anyway. His name is Brian Koberger. He's been arrested. Mm-hmm. He's not you know that he had like a preliminary trial today actually, okay. and there he's waiving the right to a speedy trial. So the trial is not going to happen till June 26. But his DNA was found on the knife sheath there, and they have like records oh. of him like basically phone records and like video mm-hmm. footage of him like stalking like where they lived oh my like, god these particular people yeah Oof. so weird isn't that weird yeah yeah he's 28 years old and he was a criminology ma- uh phd student Oof. and ti yeah it gets like weird Oof. so yeah. literally thinking he could get away with it because of well like... i have a fringe theory uh-huh. i have i've been reading obsessively about this i don't know why mm-hmm. but i have a fringe theory so my fringe theory, which, of course, no one will agree with, is um, so when he left, like, uh-huh. I feel like, of course, he, he did it. And I feel like it was premeditated and he did stalk these people. But I feel like he's been so close to criminology and the law that, A, he wanted to go to jail so he could, like, feel what it's like to, like, be a criminal Ugh, uh-huh. who goes through Just, like, the immersive. justice. Yeah, very immersive. Ooh. And I also feel like something is going to happen where he hid the evidence and he probably somehow put other people's dna on it or something like that mm-hmm. and then he's gonna be acquitted <gasps> oh 
That's my theory. That's my French theory. You think Kellen acquitted. Yeah. Even though I think he did it. Even though everybody uh-huh. thinks he did it. But there'll be something saying, damning yeah, towards someone else. Like he's all about being smart and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, if he's as smart as he says he is or he thinks he is, I bet you some shit is going to happen. Yeah. It can't be this cut and dry. It can't be this cut and dry now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And Ooh. maybe it will. Maybe it'll be like, oh, we have your evidence. We have the film. We have whatever. Uh huh. I don't trust. I don't. When. Especially after Trump getting elected, I don't. I don't trust anything. You can't like, leave no stone like, oh, unturned. No, yeah, there's no way he's definitely going to jail, or he's definitely going to win. He's not like, going to be president no. this time. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. No, Ugh. you you never know in this day. And age. Never say never. You really never know. Anyway, we're talking about Liza Minnelli and not murder. So Liza calls. Oh, we are talking about. We murder. are talking about murder. <laughs> Liza calls Kermit up to her dressing room. She tells him that the murderer is in the dressing room next door. Kermit goes to catch the criminal. Kermit enters the darkened room, getting chills and a few contusions. He states that the thing about the darkness is that although he cannot see the enemy... I called love, not darkness. <laughs> the enemy cannot see him. Except that in this case, his enemy has a flashlight. Kermit is hit over the head with a hammer. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, that makes sense, because I'm like... This next bit that's coming up feels like a really weird, like, stop in the action. It is, because it's the UK spot. Oh, okay. The UK spot. Baskerville, Muppy, Wild the Dog, and Wolfhound sing past the peace pipe. Each one is murdered as the song ends. Even Animal ends up with, like, hatchet in his head. This was funny, uh, especially when Animal gets hit in the head, and I think he says, like, hatchet, hatchet, like, I while it's in his like head. I actually like the message of this song, which was, like, calm, like, just take a breath, mm-hmm. you know, be calm, don't over, don't, like, act too quickly when you're, like, upset. That's, that's what I got from this song. This is from a movie called Good Day from 1947. Good Day! By Hugh Martin, Ralph Blaine, and Roger Eden. I mean, Ralph the Dog and Jimmy Dean previously performed this on the Jimmy Dean show. I mean, it's it, it's like all it's like very they're using like all Native American like terminology. Yeah. See, my favorite thing about this was they used that dog that I think looks like Judith Light. I, it, oh my God, that dog <laughs> does look like Judith Light. You know, I saw Judith Light in a one woman show at the Public Theater. No, I did not. Know yeah, that. and um, or maybe it wasn't at the Public, but it was one of those. I think I saw John uh-huh. Leguizamo at the Public. I saw her do one at like one of those different theaters anyway yeah. <laughs> it was about like she had sex with a student and she oh. might have had his baby oh yeah and she's a white woman it's literally her and it's her monologuing basically uh-huh. the whole time so basically you learn in this play at the end that the student she slept with was black and her husband was black and she you know had a mixed race baby or uh-huh. whatever but like they see each other like walking at the mall and like she doesn't know whose kid it is either. Oh like, no. It was like That's I was like, wild. damn Judith Light. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So next Liza enters the dressing room to discover that Kermit has been left for dead. She rushes to his side, desperate to wake him up, and is re- relieved to see that he is alive. Slightly wounded though. Upon facing failure in his case, Kermit and Liza join together and sing A Quiet Thing. The song ends with a surprise as a dead body falls from the closet. A Quiet Thing. Look at this cute little pink and green thing they have going on. She has a pink shirt on and he's really green. And Yeah, they kind of like, um, 
what do they call that? Where like they clash in a in, in a, a, good like, way, a yeah. harmonious kind of manner, right? Mm-hmm. So this song is from Flora the Red Menace, a musical from 1965. I mean, I wish she sang other songs that I knew. I have to be honest. I I mean, I feel like she wasn't going to do anything better than Copacabana. Yeah, I know. It started you know? really strong. How are you going to beat that? You're not. So we'll just pepper in some other things. I was also really surprised to find out that Copacabana was like a relatively recent song to that time, too. Let me open it up again here. Do a Diddy. That song must have been recent It was popular more recently. Oh, I think but it, it was from it was the from, 50s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, sorry. But it, Manfred Mann's version was more popularized. In the 60s. So, okay, here we go. The song, Barry Manilow song, is from 78. So this is like At fresh as hell. Oh, really. so he really wrote that song, Barry Manilow. Yeah. Good for him. Why? I feel like you're throwing shade at Barry Manilow. I mean. You're not a fan. He's of love. fine. He's fine. What other songs does he sing? Tell Dude, me. Dude, I couldn't. I couldn't think of. We're gonna okay. Hang on. <laughs> Let me click Barry Manilow. Like when I hear the name Barry Manilow, I think of a Jello loaf. I think of a fruitcake. I think of like very seventies esque food. Uh huh. Like I don't know why. It's just like I feel like he is of that time. There's Period. another. There, so there's Barry Manilow songs in two season one episodes. <laughs> He sings uh, the song A Nice Boy Like Me is in season one, episode 14. And in season one, episode 17, the jump shout boogie is heard in that one. He also does, he does that song Mandy. Oh yeah, Mandy, I know. But I'm mixing it up with Brandy. I don't know the song Mandy. I know the song Brandy by the band that's from New Brunswick, New Jersey. (laughs) You know what song I'm talking about. Barry Manilow's fine. Brandy. That that song is by a band called... Are they Hourglass? I think so. Something like that, But right? they're from New Brunswick. Yes. And the song is about Mary Ellis, the um, the woman who's buried behind the AMC there on Route 1. Oh, yeah. And you know, yeah. I have to tell you, this is so random, uh-huh. but isn't that so crazy? They kept her grave. But of yeah. course they had to, but they built high rises yeah. in the parking lot. And then there's just like her Oh, grave. the new like apartments and stuff. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yeah. I remember going to see that when I was a kid when it was the Route 1 flea market. Yeah. Remember the Route 1 flea market was so cool. No. It it's was in a, Mall Rats, right? It, yeah, I think so. It's a really good flea market. It was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then all we had was the Route 18 flea market, Ugh. which thank God we had a flea market, but yeah. no. Better than nothing. Better I guess. than nothing. So I could get my vinyl cuts for my bikini kill. On oh my, my God. That was car. the coolest place. You would go there and they would make vinyl stickers yes, before fucking yes. cricket. And then I also had. But they, they did massive vinyl uh-huh. prints, so I wouldn't be able to do that on the cricket. And then I also got my um, puff coat jacket spray painted with bikini kill on the back oh. of it too. What the, like what? Just because you could. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like I wouldn't get a tattoo there. Like, no, but you took a two hundred dollar coat to get basically ruined or whatever. I probably right? got with that coat paint? from Macy's <laughs> half off. You had a coupon. Yeah, it was from J.C. Penney from yeah. Penney's. It was a Tommy Hilfiger puff. I remember that. Oh. I don't know why I remember the brand, but nothing fancy. I'll just say that. <laughs> so meanwhile, down at the canteen, Fozzie is interrogating Lou Zealand about his alibi. Lou's only <laughs> alibi is his pet halibut. I feel like Lou Zealand is your kitten. Like I, when you see him, you're like, oh, Lou Zealand. Oh, Lou's back. Hey, Lou. Hey, Lou. Lou then cries out, poison, and falls down dead. Bunsen, however, tries <laughs> to claim that he choked on a fishbone and was saying, poison? I guess the French word for fish. Oh yeah, he was like poisson. <laughs> <Poisson. yeah. laughs> oh my god, he's so 
ridiculous. Soon everyone in the canteen is dead, including the Swedish chef, when trying to prove his food is safe. It's like very Jim Jones. In this like... <laughs> they were all wearing the same pair of Nikes, <laughs> the same jumpsuits. Oh my god, that's a different thing. That's like when they were yelling in the uh, they, like, yelling. They were lay, those guys laying in the bed, right? Haley's Comet. Oh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that was like that up. was a thing that happened then. I guess like not Jonestown together suicide. Oh my god! Unfortunately, though. The people with those Nikes knew they were killing themselves, mm-hmm. and the folks at Jonestown did not know. Did not. No. No. God. This is a murdery-ass yeah. episode. I, I read, um, I forget the author, but so good. So he wrote the Manson book. Okay. And he did, like, this whole biography on Charles Manson, and it's very mm-hmm. cool. He, like, paints the picture of, like, the 60s in L.A. It's, like, an yeah. awesome, awesome book. Ow! Sorry, my fault. And um, he also wrote a biography on Jim Jones, and I and I also read that one. It was Weird. very good. Yeah. So that guy has his niche, I guess. Yeah, he does. I guess. Where like Brian J. Jones does. Yeah. Doctor Seuss. Exactly. And... <laughs> God, I can't believe I can't remember this author's name. He's really good. So Kermit announces to the whole cast that Liza has discovered the identity of the murderer, and just as she is about to accuse someone, the lights go out. We hear screaming and gunshots, and the lights come back up. And we find Liza has been stabbed. Ugh, Liza! We're gonna be late! <laughs> Liza falls backwards onto the table <laughs> and shares a tender goodbye with Kermit. <laughs> Statler and Waldorf race on, crying. Race on, it says. I'm reading this correctly. Statler and Waldorf race on, crying. <laughs> Liza! No, no, not Liza. We didn't mean to bump her off. Just the rest of you guys. Liza stands to reveal that it was all an act. Fozzie is happy to arrest the two elderly critics. And when Kermit tells him to throw the book on them, Beauregard is happy to comply. I can't believe it was Statler and Waldorf this whole time, Benson and Hedges. By throw the book, they mean the Bible, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah the Lord's book. The, the good book. The good book. The good book. <laughs> oh, Don't man. you feel like everybody... Like, this wouldn't make sense, because I know it's like... It's just like a ritual that uh-huh. necessarily doesn't mean anything but like people who have to like go under oath and swear in the bible like mm-hmm. do they make people of different like faiths swear on like their Megan this is so cool that you bring this up oh my god so they just in um what do they call that they just sworn in the whole new crew of congress people i believe they were congress people and uh one gentleman in particular he swore in on a copy of superman number 1 the Library of Congress brought out a copy of Superman 1 for him to swear in on. Oh, my God. You can swear in on anything. Oh, you can. It just has to have meaning to you. Get the fuck yes. out of here. Yeah. That is such a cool fact. Yeah, it's such a cool fact. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, like, they've arranged all sorts of things. Like, I know they say Barack Obama. He, you can also be sworn on particular items as well. Barack Obama, when he was sworn into presidency, he used the uh, Abraham Lincoln's Bible. To be sworn in on. Very cool. Lots Barack of really Obama cool shit. Barack Obama is a Muslim, and everybody knows that. And he did swear in on the Quran. And his wife. Is she really his wife? I'm sorry. Where's his birth certificate? I am, I am totally joking. So now with the case solved, there's only one thing left to do. Sing. 
The Muppets join Liza <laughs> to sing Everything's Coming Up Roses. I know this song. I, you know what? I, I liked it, but I wish they did a different song. Yeah, we've done this before. I didn't even realize that. This was boring to me. And who costumed her? I have to say I'm not a fan. They dressed her like an old lady. Remember, they did this song um, with... Uh, Oh this God. look that she has going on with this outfit, it's a canary yellow. I can't stand it. She is somebody's bridesmaid right now. <laughs> they did this in uh, episode five of season three with Pearl Bailey. They sang this as part of their Camelot medley. Remember that? That was another episode they did like uh, a different... Yeah, they did a musical. Oh, no, that you're thinking, I think, of the Robin Hood episode. Oh, that was a weird Robin one. Episode, yeah. This one, they did a whole bunch of different songs from different musicals that I think Pearl had been a part of. So it was like a nice way to do Pearl is like a great, I feel like, name that people should bring back. Pearl's and a very cool name. It's a cool name, yeah. and it's like, it's a classic name, and it could also be your drag name. Because I feel like Pearl for a drag, like, I feel like uh -huh. it works. It's Pearl's like an all such around. a good name that it's a great drag name. Yeah. So now at closing, Liza reveals that she's always wanted to do a murder mystery and asks Kermit if she can take home one of the fake knives. She demonstrates it on the frog, and he pretends... That it has been that he has been really stabbed, but then he's like, "Just kidding." It's very cute. This was a great I episode. It. I thought it was a great episode too. And, and Liza was—I mean, Liza really is a gem, and she should have been a reoccurring person on. Um... I do have good news to report to you that she does show up in the Muppets Take Manhattan, so she Get does come back to play with here. them again. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting. I'm looking forward to this. But we have that's to watch one. the Great Muppet Caper first, right? No, Muppet Caper's next. It's, oh. That's the third one. Oh, Take Manhattan's the second one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, we'll watch Manhattan after we finish the series. Does Jim direct Caper? I don't know. So, like, they let Frank... Well, he wanted. It's not let. Mm -hmm. He pushed Frank to direct Muppets yeah, Take Frank Manhattan. Yeah, Frank directs the third one. No, Frank, Frank directs Manhattan. Jesus. Yeah. Let me see. I can pull this up probably pretty quickly. So, Caper was from June 26, 1981. Jim directs Caper. Yeah, right. I think that Written they... Written by Jerry Jewell, Tom Pratchett... Jack Rose and Jay Tarses. So Caper, do I have a thing here? Yeah, from Caper was from 81. Okay. So now let's go back to Manhattan. Manhattan, oh my gosh, you were right. Caper is the second one. Oh, Caper Why was, was I convinced one. that Caper was the third one? So Manhattan was directed in 84 by Frank Oz. Yeah, I th I knew I thought it was the wow. third one because I think Jim didn't really want to direct because he was working on other things. If That's I remember so the book. funny because the first movie is I I figured it was this way because I really do I've watched all three of those now and I think the Muppet movie is timeless, perfect, whatever. I think that Take Manhattan is pretty good and I thought Caper was all right, mm -hmm. but it's so funny to find that I figured that like you know they just descended as they went on whatever, but that's interesting. All right, so next week we're finally going to watch the Phyllis George episode, Megan. And I don't know who Phyllis George is at all. Well, we'll find out when we watch her episode. You want the premise again? Yeah. I'll read it again. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Phyllis we have hosts no the bananas. First... Oh, yes, episode... we have no bananas. I know this song from Benjamin. What are you reading okay, that from? Sorry. it's I'm spoiling the Phyllis episode. Oh, okay. Oh my god, I cannot wait to I tell I forgot Benjamin. about this premise. This episode sounded really cool. Phyllis hosts the first annual Muppet Awards, recognizing the greatest Muppet Show performers. The award, the prestigious Fred, is actually a bowling trophy. Kermit, who hates awards, sits out the show, but Miss Piggy is absolutely determined oh, this, to win. Oh, this sounds great. She's thrilled when she realizes that she appears in both the sketches nominated for Best Sketch. 
Pigs in Space, and Veterinarian's Hospital. But the category ends in a tie, and no Fred is awarded. Piggy's only other chance for an award is Performer of the Year, and she's competing against Kermit. Uh-oh. This episode sounds like a lot of fun. This I, episode like sounds like tons I of fun. I love this breaking around that they're doing. This is a very innovative It's like, let's kind do something with the episode. Let's, yeah. Instead of just cool. sketches, like, let's have a full arc. And I'm sure the UK spot is going to be totally disjointed. Maybe right. not, but... I mean, they in, they included the people getting murdered in the Chippewa. Yeah, yeah. People still just, you know, it did have a, a similar theme, at but least, it was a little in the UK break. spot. Yeah. All right, I'm looking forward to watching this episode. Me too. So watch the Phyllis George episode with us next week. Um, you can. What do I always say? You can. You can follow us on social media at ITTWTM. turns on a lamp video. Oh. on YouTube, and um, it's terrific. Everyone should watch Kristen Wiig perform as Liza Minnelli. Saucy Nick. It's so stupid. <laughs> All right, so join us next week. Follow us at ITTWTM. Um. I think that's it, Megan. Message us. Message us. And thanks for the gumball, Liza. Sugar, babe, it's the opening night of Cats, and the curtain goes up in 15 minutes. We got a scoot, Liza. Oh, sure, I'd be delighted. Just let me turn off some of these lamps. And now, Liza Minnelli tries to turn off a lamp. Just let me truck it all over here. Oh, I see it. He's the scoundrel. He's the troublemaker right here. Time to turn this dude out. Want me to help you, Liza? Oh, no, darling. You just relax. I just need to find the clicker or the switch that turns this whole cuckoo thing down. Is there a little knob on here that you turn and everything goes black? I don't know, Liza. It's probably pretty simple. You tell that to Debbie Reynolds. What? Okay, there's got to be a turner or like a ball on the end of a chain. Remember that? Remember what, Liza? Chain ball, kick chain. Remember that? Oh, Atlantic City. I choked on a shrimp. I don't know what you're talking about. Liza, forget the light. We got to go. Oh, I'm thinking it might be in the box of a middle of a car. those little kitties way. We're gonna miss Kai. Oh, then I better turn off the skinny lady. Is it a foot chopper? Once. Twice. Three. Will a fussy neck do it? No. Hey, remember this? Just turn the lamp off. I'm for Chris and Pete. The car's waiting downstairs. Oh, that's right. The lamp, the little rascal. 
to pull it out of the wall. Oh, look how long this con has been Marine. It's long. I'm not getting anywhere with it. It's like Tommy June. Because you're walking in place. Am I? I just got to find the clicker that dims the whole shebang. Once again, not my house, not my lamb. Oh, here it is. It's just a button. It's on the neck, but you don't push it. You gotta give it a little churn. I did it. Good job, Liza, baby. Good job. Oh. And we missed the show. The heck with cats. Let's dance. <laughs> This has been Liza Minnelli tries to turn off a lamp. <laughs>